Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to be teaching tonight. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Psalm 34. And I don't, I rarely do this, but tonight we're going to read. Uh, it will not come up. They're just going to get us going on the, uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just double checking to see if we have the same thing. All right, so uh, we're teaching tonight on how to get and teach a successful home Bible study. How to get and teach a successful home Bible study. Now, I'd like to read from Psalm 34 and verse 10, but I'm going to read from a translation that I have rarely used, although uh, I, I tend to use the ESV or uh, the New Living if I'm going to read or refer to another translation, although I regularly and happily use the authorized King James Version of the Bible, and I, and I read from it, and I teach from it. But I may refer to other translations here and, here and there. In fact, recently I've been thinking of, um, uh, of the Amplified Bible. Did Brother French, he's, he's helping me up there. Uh, any of you ever heard of the Amplified Bible? All right. So it used to be popular back when I was a younger minister. I don't hear much of it anymore. I don't see it much anymore. <clears throat> but what it, it, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't I wasn't crazy about it, but it what it did is it would give you a, a verse and then it would give you like four or five ways of saying it. So you would be reading one verse like five times. And so it might be uh, like, let's take Acts 2, 38. Repent and I mean, pray really a lot. And, and it would give you keep doing that over and over till you got the message. All right. Now, the, the one translation that I've uh, shied away from the last few years is the New International, I typically call it the NIV. So you're going to follow me. I don't do this often, but you're going to follow me in Psalm 34. And I'm going to begin in verse 9, Psalm 34, 9. And I'm going to read it from the NIV. And I'm doing it for a reason. Several translations have changed verse 10. That is, the translations are a bit different. But the NIV sticks a little bit more closely to the King James that listen taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man who takes refuge in him do you believe that take refuge in him does anybody believe that tonight blessed is the man who takes refuge in him fear the Lord you saints for those who fear him lack nothing praise the Lord now we've come to verse, verse 10. Actually, I began in verse 8. I'm sorry. All right, verse 10. The lions may grow weak and, and, and hungry. All right? So can I say that again? Now follow me in the King James. Look at verse 10. The lions may grow weak and hungry. So I, I, I'm supposing this means the reference to the, the, the wild lion that uh, may, even though it's a great and mighty uh beast it it may grow weak and hungry but those who seek the lord lack nothing hallelujah so it's comparing the child of god and your life to the lion the greatest you might say the king of the beast and so it is the word of god if you seek the lord and seek his word then everything is going to be all right. You will lack nothing. Doesn't mean you won't fight devils and all kinds of things in life, but you will lack nothing because God is going to add it to your life 
through the word of God. So let's lift our hands and ask God to help us today. Father, we thank you for the word. I pray that we will not only teach others the Bible, but that we will be filled with the love for the Bible like we've never had. Lord, I pray that we will understand how important it is to transfer our love for scripture to others because we're in a generation that is quickly losing faith and losing the word of God. And I pray for a revival of the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for letting me read that like that and uh and that interesting parallel now how to get and teach a successful home bible study you will not teach bible studies if you don't love the bible if you don't want to study the bible yourself you won't teach other people the bible if you don't care about other people you won't teach them the bible now if you have your bibles you can go along and you can just follow me it's, i i like you to kind of have your bible especially since i'm teaching on the bible it's a good idea to kind of follow along in the Bible. Okay, so 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. All right, so let's read that together, shall we? You can look up here and read it. Here we go. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now, many people do not have a love for souls, have no love for the Bible, and they should be ashamed because to not love the Bible. Now, some people don't study as they should, but it's because they're just lazy. It's not because they don't care. And some people just get busy or whatever. Some people don't think about it and so on. I'm not going to impugn every motive. But if you have no love for the Bible, you should be ashamed. And if you love the Bible, you will share it with other people. How many are glad you got the Holy Ghost tonight? I'm glad I've got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. May have the flu, may have the whatever bug, but I'm thankful I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because God's been so good to me. And when you're excited, so you just think of somebody, well, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You're thinking, hmm. That's not how people act who are excited. If you're excited, you remember, remember the kid song? Did Sister French remember the kid song? Uh, something about uh, if you're happy and you know it or something. And then they get to some place in there. <laughs> I can't even remember kid songs. And and so there's some place in there where they say it'll it'll be on your face. Remember? It'll and your face will surely show it. I remembered the words. And your face will surely show it. So if you're doing this. Your face is showing it, but it's not showing that you have the joy of the Lord. If your Bible's got dust all over it, it's showing something, but not that you love the word of God. And people whose Bible, Bibles gather dust, do, dust do, do not teach other people the Bible. Now, you've got to love the Bible. You've got to care about the Bible. So tonight, we're talking about ways, and, and I'm only going into part one tonight. We're going to have a three parts over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about ways to have revival through teaching others the word of God. You know, folks, we're not talking about being Einstein here. We're talking about sharing with others the joy that you have and the love you have for the Bible. Does anybody here know that the word of God is true and that people need to understand it? All right. And so it is. You study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now, we looked at two scriptures, both of which apply to the saints and to those who would seek the, the word of God. 
Seek the Lord through his word. So let's say there's, you have a neighbor that might be interested in the word of God. Now, you might have a neighbor that's not interested in the word of God. But you don't know whether they're interested until you find out if they're interested. And somebody, uh, well, if you never ask, if you never attempt to find out, then you're not going to know if they're interested. All right, so it is that anybody that will study the word of God is going to find themselves approved of God. Because when you begin to get into the word of the Lord, then powerful things begin to happen. And just like we read in Psalm 34, if a, a lion may run out, I'm going to now I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to re translate it. Well, no, no, that's I'm not translating. I'm going to just say it the way I want to. A lion may run out of steam, but you're not going to run out of steam because when you seek the Lord, you're going to lack nothing. You're never going to have to worry about it because that's the kind of God that we serve. Can we just clap our hands and praise him right now? Because his word is true. We can be a workman. We can be a workman. Now, I want to talk about what the Bible says about home Bible studies. Acts chapter 5. Let's turn to Acts 5. We're going to read just a few verses here, and uh, we're going to look at the beginning of verse 40 and now of course i'm reading from the king james as i always do but uh just reminding you that's that's what i'm doing acts chapter 5 verse 40 and i'm just reading the end of, of the verse they commanded this is where they had been in thrown in prison and uh arrested and so on and they were told that they commanded that they should not speak in the name of jesus Okay, which is very interesting theologically because, you know, for example, you tell people that the Bible says you should be baptized in the name of Jesus. And they'll say, well, that doesn't mean to say the name Jesus. That means uh, so and so and so and so. And they have some other explanation. You say, well, wait a minute. What do you mean it doesn't mean say the name Jesus? Well, that just means to do it like a policeman does things in the name of the law or something like that. I heard that for years, and it kept me from getting baptized. How many knows that having a proper understanding of the Bible can revolutionize your life? I've had people say, I don't believe that you need to speak in tongues. And I would say, but, that, but that's not a Bible explanation. What you're saying is, I understand you think that, but wouldn't you much rather just believe what God says instead of what man says? Man says that you can't be delivered, but you can be delivered because there's a powerful God that delivers. Someone said, I could never live like that. Well, yes, you could never. You could never. But the Spirit could fill your life, and then you could be used of God. So they tried to stop them by saying that they should not speak in. Now, say with me, some of you. I can tell some of you are not going to follow me. They should not speak in the name of Jesus. Okay, let's think about what that could mean. Does that mean that they would should not speak of the name of Jesus, possibly? Does it mean they should not speak in the power of the name of Jesus? That what and I want to tell you, whatever it means, you need to be thinking about it because it revolutionized the book of Acts church. And then they let him go. They were scared to death of them. Verse 41, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to what? To suffer shame for what? All right. Those same eggheads I was just talking about will say, well, that doesn't mean you're suffering for a name. 
like Jesus. Because I've had people just say, they say, I know you're a Jesus name preacher, but I don't believe it means that, that when you're, you, you, you're suffering for the name, that it means you're suffering for a particular name. It just means you're suffering for that person. And I want to, and you know how you have to be really nice and you want to just go. <laughs> Sometimes it helps to bite your finger like this. <laughs> and then you say, the name and the person go together. You don't separate them. You don't separate them. I was in a meeting one time talking about baptism in the name in Jesus. And they said, well, I know a lot of people named Jesus. And I said, wonderful. And, and what they meant was, that's, that, there's nothing really great about that. I said, but where do you think they got the name? I'm, I'm just telling you how they had to begin rethinking where they were going with this. They thought that because they knew some people named, in this case, they were named Jesus, but they, that's the way it was pronounced, but it was the name Jesus. And I said, where, why do you think they use the name Jesus? Why don't you think they use the name Satan? Why don't they name all their kids Satan? And we'll call them Jesus. And one of them went, oh, oh, yeah, I, I guess they do it because of Jesus. I wonder, I wonder if the most popular Spanish name is Jesus because there was a famous person named Jesus. Maybe. Think so? We were talking about that. And the Catholic Church and all of the things that, that add to the, the, the respect for the name Jesus. And, and so they named their church. It became a special name. And, and so on. My, my point is, there are people that think all kinds of crazy things. But until you help them a little bit, they're never going to change. You've got to give them the truth of the word of God. And, and sometimes you have to say, well, you know, I don't know about that. Uh, every once in a while, someone asks me a question. And I think, oh, my lands. I don't know. Not sure what, what, what do you mean by that question? They say, Well, I'm up this. I've wondered about this for many years. And you start and say, I say, Well, I don't know. I've, I'm going to take a look at that. Verse 42 and daily, so they, they departed and, and they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach. Jesus Christ. So that tells me that they they were every single day they were doing it. Every single day they were in the temple and every I say every single day. I don't I, I know it doesn't demand that they never had the flu and had to go home and go to bed. I'm simply suggesting that it was on a regular daily means it was a regular schedule in the temple in every house. Everybody say every house. Now that doesn't mean every single house. See, you see what I mean? You have to it didn't mean that they never ever didn't go to every single house. Just think if we had to knock every door every day in every city. Wouldn't that be fun? Sometimes you can't get people. One time I had a group of kids, young people out knocking doors and and uh, it was it started snowing. It was quite cold and it was Canada. I was preaching in Canada. It was very cold. I mean, it was it was very cold. And we were knocking doors, and they said, Brother Fitch, we've never knocked on doors in this kind of weather. I said, well, you're going to have a great brand new experience. And they said, yes, but just because we're in revival, why do we have to go knocking on these doors? And it's snowing. And one girl, she had these shoes on that looked like someone took a couple black-like leather strings and just kind of wrapped them around a couple of her toes. That's what she had. 
I mean, it was probably, I'm, I'm probably being just slightly, Sister French, forgive me for talking ill of shoes. But that's what it looked like. And, and she had the high heels that looked like they were quite, quite, quite interesting. And she said, well, I can't knock doors in these. I said, then why did you wear them to knock doors? Why did you wear them to knock on doors if you can't wear them to knock on doors? I said, let me tell you something. You can knock doors in those. You can. You will. You'll be able to knock on doors. And, and, there was, and it came, and we were running up and down the sidewalks. And uh, they said, well, Brother Fitch, we've, we've, uh, we, we've knocked doors before. Nobody's ever come. We've never had any, any results from it. We just, we've knocked doors. And I said, well, that must mean then that you have something else to do in that uh, act of faith because if you talk to people and you preach the gospel and you love them and you share, you're going to eventually, somebody's going to say, hey, thank you for sharing it with me. I'm thinking of two people that very day. One was a woman that had a sign on her door. Oh, I can't even talk about it. I can't believe I brought this up. She had a sign on her door that said, we shoot every third uh, preacher and sales. Wait a minute. Let me get it right. We, you'd think the sign was huge. We shoot every third preacher and salesman, and the second one just left. That's what the sign said. On the door. And I had a group of young people with me. And they said, brother, ah, ah, they were running everywhere. And to tell you the truth, and there was a picture of a great big giant German shepherd dog. And I thought, oh, God, now I'm going to be tested. And I was very, very tempted to say, uh, y'all go on down there and I'll see you in a minute and then head down the stairs. But, but I didn't. They were right there watching me. And boy, I just started knocking on that door. And I thought, you are the dumbest preacher that ever lived. And I'm knocking on this door. And I heard a dog. I mean, a dog was just going crazy. And I had knocked on the door, not, not right then, but, but within a year, within a year, I think it was. And, uh, and this dog, I didn't know the dog was even around. I was just trying to get up to the door. And it, it, uh, it met me. And it said hello. And it was very, very a uh, very, very painful hello, I will tell you that. So I was thinking of somebody that would be very offended that I ignored their sign and that I knocked on their door. And so it was an apartment. It was a place where there are many places you can't even get in. So this was a place you could, was not, uh, there was no uh, violation of whatever the city ordinance to go in there. We could go in. And so I said, someone asked, do you have, is it okay? I said, yes, it's okay. We've checked this area. There's no ordinance against it. And, and if I don't care if anybody's ever knocked on these doors, we're knocking on these doors. So we went in, and there it was. We shoot every uh, third preacher and salesman, and the second one just left. And then all of a sudden, the door uh, opens just a crack, and this dog comes right through the door. And it was little bitty, uh, what do they call them? Chihuahuas. It was a chihuahua. I mean a little bitty one. I mean, we're talking like, it was like, and I mean, he was everywhere. Boy, that little thing was everywhere. And the lady looked out, and she was kind of smiling because she put the sign out there. And I was obviously a preacher. And she said, uh, oh, he doesn't, he, he can't hurt anybody. And I said, um, 
well, I'm from the, the church with that big blue cross up, the, up in, in the downtown area. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I've seen that big blue cross. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, she pulled the door open just a little bit more, and there, all these young people standing there. Some had scattered to go to the other doors, but all of a sudden, it, I noticed she started weeping and tears running down her face. And she said, I, I just can't believe it. And I said, well, ma'am, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean, you know, I thought, oh, my goodness. I said, I, I just thought I'd knock. I didn't mean to be offensive or anything. I understand you have the right to put that there, and you meant for me not to knock. No, she said, that's not what I mean. She said, I only prayed this last night that God would send somebody to my life to tell me about God. I never dreamed someone would knock on my door. She said, and I, uh, and she said, I have been praying that God would help me to know how to take a step because all these churches and I don't know where to go and I'm and these young people their jaws are dropping because God had orchestrated our being there for her you say well how do you know well because the next day was Sunday she came to church and she got the baptism of the Holy Ghost so what am I saying folks let me tell you we need to we need to be bold and we need to preach and love the name of Jesus Christ. Let's clap our hands one more time. Come on. Let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Every day, door to door, house to house. Lord, to never cease teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. How many knows, notice that it didn't say they were teaching and preaching the Trinity? Does anybody notice that? That's not what it said that we're to be teaching. It says we're to be teaching Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. When you preach Jesus, you have preached the mighty God that parted the waters. You have preached the mighty God that poured out the Holy Ghost. He's the same. He's the same. Praise God. Okay. All right. So the early church would not stop. Teaching Bible studies in people's homes. Now, let's go to the next one. Everybody say, praise the Lord. So I want to give you three things that I think are important here that uh, in terms of, of Acts chapter 5. God wants us to teach Bible studies. Can you say amen? All right. So you say, well, you're, it sounds like you're trying to bring conviction to our hearts. I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say God wants us to commit to teaching what we love, to teaching other people what we love, not just talking about it, you know, kind of, I know you to witness, you can just have kind of a hello, how you doing witness. I'm all for it. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not good. But if that's all you ever do and you never teach anybody, then we're failing. God wants us to teach Bible studies. And number two, God wants us to teach them in the homes of people. He wants us to walk in. Sister French, what brought up? I haven't done this in years. Uh, didn't someone, we went home to Arkansas uh, years and years ago. I taught a Bible study to a family that sat. No, I sat on, can I tell this? Okay, I was went to this home to teach a Bible study in, in these people's home. What brought this? Why were they talking about it? But why did it come up that they had painted the little girl? Uh, I can't remember if it's a little girl or a boy now. 
they were real little, and they, I didn't know it, but I'd been teaching the Bible study for a few weeks, and, and uh, so they, the kids did, you ever heard of paint by number, and they use this real goopy, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not making fun of it at all, so if you hear this tape, I'm, I'm not making fun of that. When I say goopy, I mean um, really, uh, <laughs> uh, well, you, you know what goopy is, so real, uh, very lots of paint. And in these little spaces where the numbers are, and when you're done, this painting was a mountain. It was a gorgeous mount. Well, you know, for a five-year-old, it was a gorgeous mountain. They, they gooped the paint in there. All these different colors. You could tell that was a mountain, even though. Now, but what they forgot to tell me was that they had painted them just before I got there. I mean, they painted two of them. I forget what the other one was. I think it was like a deer. I think it was a mom mom and baby deer, whatever, you don't, <laughs> it's, it's going to be okay, Sister French. And, and so, um, so while I was teaching the Bible study, I was going, like, I think we were in, uh, it was really way at the beginning, like uh, still in Genesis, I think we were like, I don't remember exactly, we weren't even to Moses, and, and I was like going, and Moses, you know, trying to be very spiritual, because they were drinking, uh, you know, and smoking and lots of stuff, and, and we were, and, and I said, and Moses and wham the lights went out and I said and the power of God I was trying to you know take the moment I said and the power of God has struck and they said what's happened I said I don't know but can you see me I can't see you and I mean it was and it was for about I mean it was a few, I don't know how long but it was very enough seconds that you we got up and and they said uh, we're going to try to find a, a candle and, and we'll, maybe we can do this by candle and and uh, whatever they were kind of getting around and I got up and I said uh, they said be careful reverend I said it's okay I, I'm going to try to move out of the way and I was kind of backing up and then I went over and I could tell I was over to this chair one of their chairs I'd been there enough to know that that was the chair in the in the living room and so I just sat down and I felt very goopy. And I, and I had sat on that, unbeknownst to me, I was just thinking, dear Lord, help us. What in the world am I sitting on? And uh, it turned out to be this little uh, precious child's. Uh, and I never told them because the lights never came on. I never said a word. I'm sitting on something goopy. I didn't. I, for all I knew, that was the real chair. And so I, I got up. I got to the van. And when I got home, is this? No. Do you want to preach? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I got to the church. I went to the church. I don't remember this. And I had a whole, well, that I remember. And I had a whole mountain scene on myself. On my brand new suit self. I remember it was a brand new, in those days, a lot of preachers wore a lot of green. We don't do it much anymore. But it was the greenest suit you ever saw in your life. And, man, that green with that mountain, those mountain peaks and the snow, that was beautiful. And, you know, they never, ever, this, I hope this tape doesn't get to them because I just asked about them the other day. And, and they're, they're doing marvelous, and thank God for it. But uh, they never asked me one time about about that painting. And I never told him one time. I never said, I sat on your mountain. I never said, didn't you notice your mountain is kind of flat, kind of 
not quite as goopy as it was or anything. Oh, my goodness. So that was, that was one of my Bible. But, but that, that family came to church, got the Holy Ghost. In spite of me sitting on their painting, they got the Holy Ghost. And within just a short time, they were so involved in the church that he became the head of home Bible studies. Hallelujah. You know, you, you can't say that God can't change someone's life, but you got to be willing to get in there and smell the smoke. you got to be willing to get in there and tell them about it. You've got to share it with them. Praise God. So you say, but Brother Fitz, you're making me feel uncomfortable. You're making me feel convicted. Well, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to convict us. I feel like God has spoken to me. If we will teach others, we will break into the greatest revival in 2017 that we have ever had. You don't need a Ph.D. to teach a home Bible study. And you don't have to know everything in the Bible. You don't have to know every answer. Many people think that somebody will stump them on some kind of a question. And, and they probably will. I mean, there's no reason to think that you wouldn't be stumped on some Bible question. That's not, what home Bible, that's not what Bible studies are about, having every answer. It's about teaching successfully so that people's lives are changed. All right? And then number three, God wants us to teach as many people as we can as often as we can. Could we lift our hands and ask God to help us to, to do what he would have us to do? Lord, we believe it's your will. We've just said we believe that. Now we ask that you'll speak to our hearts and help us to receive it, Lord, and give others the word. Lord, they deserve, they deserve an opportunity to hear the word. Praise God. If you think everybody's going to walk in here and listen to us preaching, you, you know that's not true. And why should they come if we don't care enough to invite them? So if they're going to come, there's got to be a reason. And many people never will, but they might let you into their home. Now, some of you don't think so, and that's the next thing we'll talk later on. We're going to talk about the, how to successfully get the Bible study and how to, how to then initiate it so that you become involved in people's lives. Now, let's go to the next slide. We're looking at my favorite Bible study. It's called Search for Truth. Everybody say Search for Truth. Now, there's, this used to be called Light for Living, and then there's been lots of good Bible. And, and please, please. There's a lot of good Bible studies. I love them. I love, uh, I've, I've, I've got a bunch of them. I like them all. I'm just talking about my favorite Bible study. This has become my favorite Bible study for, to use in home Bible studies. You notice down there, the, the hand holding it, you can flip it over. It carries just like a, like a case. And, but, but the beautiful thing about Search for Truth uh, is that, it, it, of course, on the very front, I don't know if you can see it, it's probably probably can't i can barely see it and i'm looking right at it john 5 39 is on the front there's a picture of the bread and the and the light it's a meal and that picture is there not to be pretty and to look like uh rembrandt painted a picture of a loaf of bread that picture is there to demonstrate that the bread that people need and the light that they need in order to see the bread is available to them in the word of god and so John 5 says, search the scriptures. Can you say that with me? Search the scriptures. They are they which testify of me. 
All right, that's what Jesus said in John 5, and that's a beautiful scripture. So the, the picture on the very front, and all the pictures are gorgeous. I'm going to show you a few more. And I know I, I need to speed up a little bit. I, I want to at least try to finish this tonight. All right, so that <clears throat> searching the scriptures means that people have to have spiritual hunger, and then we have to believe that we have the food that they need. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? There are, and now listen, just because somebody has a, a, a ring in their nose or it bunch of rings in their ears or uh, they're, they're wearing uh, something or other uh, that you're not used to. And, and just because they uh, uh, may be uh, smoking and drinking and cussing and uh, I, I don't have a lot of people that would curse at a Bible study. That's one thing. Now, I know people that have seen. I know it happens. I'm not saying it won't happen. People usually respect would usually come to that, although our culture has changed considerably. And some people might just curse at a preacher just like they would anybody else. I, I don't experience that. People, when they find out I'm a preacher, they will usually, their language becomes very beautiful usually after that. All right, so uh, people are hungry whether we recognize it or not. I mean, notice that we need, to, we need to recognize that people are hungry whether they're admitting it or not. Some people say, oh, I don't need God, but they're hungry for something. They may, they may not understand. Hey, hey, folks. They may not understand that spiritual hunger, but you need to understand. You need to recognize it. If you don't even recognize what spiritual hunger is, how do you expect that to help? They're just sinners. They need, to, they need somebody to help them. And so uh, this used to be called light for living. And that, that, that's when a, notice that yellow stretch. What they did, Well, never mind. They just covered the real name over with that, with search for truth. And, um, but the original picture was the same and there's the candle and I, I just think that's kind of a neat little way and when I sit down with someone I'll, I'll say no this is just like the Bible it's the it's all the light that we need and and uh, it gives understanding and so as we talk you're going to get understanding and uh, everybody say praise the Lord and so it is and you have to believe that you can't go in there biting your nails and worrying all right now let's go to the first slide that I'm going to talk about and and that is to help people uh Figure out how to easily find their way around the Bible, all right? And this is critical. So we're talking about how to have a successful Bible study. If you teach a Bible study and you go in there and you go, oh, hallelujah, 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 and that's all you do, okay? That's not a successful Bible study. That's just a lot of hallelujahs. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I mean, if you, I, I'm not telling you not to be spiritual and, and the Lord move on you. But when you go in to teach a Bible study, you going in there and getting all emotional. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's not going to, that might, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I shouldn't have said it like that. Um, you need to teach the Bible. That's what I'm trying to say. If they come out of that Bible lesson and they don't even know the books of the Bible, you have totally failed. If a person needs to be able to be, find their way through the Bible. And it's very, very simple. And you're looking at here the what's from this. That is actually the picture. Now, I've changed it. <laughs> I, I just do my own thing. I never teach it like it is. But uh, almost every word on there I put there myself. But the pictures I got from the Bible study. For example, the jars have uh, the, what we're seeing here is that there are five divisions of the Old Testament, law, history, poetry, and uh, major and minor prophets. And there are either going to be five books in them or 12. Everybody say five. Or 12. All right. So the books of law, how many are there? Five. How many books of history are there? 
Well, there's 12. And then the, the minor prophets, there's 12 of those. And so that helps them to see when I'm going through the Bible, I'm not, when I want to know where a book is, I ask myself, well, is that in the law? Is that a history book? Or is that a, a book of poetry? Or is that a, a, a prophecy? If it's a major prophet, there's only five. And if it's a minor prophet, there's 12. And that only takes a few minutes. And people begin to, how many understand what I'm doing right now? I'm trying to show you that you need to simplify things as much as possible. Now, folks, I teach Greek, Hebrew, and Latin. I have a degree in ancient language. I don't think anybody in a home Bible study could care less. The last thing I'm trying to do in a Bible study is show that I know something or that I have this or I have that. If you were the greatest baseball player, pro in the history of the world you don't need to sit there and talk and chomp on that for five hours about how you're the greatest baseball pro the most your baseball ability is not as important as the bible they want to know that you are helping them to find their way around the bible and in just one minute's time if it's done helpfully they begin to say oh oh you mean Oh, so you mean that their Bible books are grouped in a certain way? Yes, that's what I mean. And so get your Bibles, and then let's look at them. And we go through, and we start looking. Well, what, is, what does it mean by the law? And then we show, well, the history of the Old Testament begins way back in Genesis. And so we walk through the books of the Bible. And so it is, of course, I have typed on here and moved from another uh, another slide that I did this afternoon uh, with the flu and I typed on it 27 books of the New Testament when I moved it over here I left it so that of course how many C's now we're going to use this as a teaching experience that it gives the wrong number of books for the Old Testament how many see that everybody say hallelujah and so what are the number of books of the Old Testament everybody say 39 and so that, I, how that happened, I don't know. We'll, we will readily change that. But that's actually a picture. That's not at the PowerPoint itself. I've taken a picture of it, put it there so they could easily follow me. But, uh, so we couldn't change it if we wanted to uh, here and now. But there are 39 books. But how many books are there in the New Testament? At 27, and so it is. And so you begin to look at, and how many knows that, how many lo really love the Word of God tonight? Do you really love the Word of God in your heart? Can I remind you how wonderful... The word of God is tonight. God's word is so mighty and so powerful. So when you add up 39 and 27, of course, you get the 66 books of the Bible. Now, we're going to the New Testament where there are 27 books. And we're reading from John 1. We have found him. Everybody say, we have found him. Sometimes I like to do, I'm talking with someone, I like to be very, very simple. And I'll say, you know, we have found him, you know, and I'll get a little kind of, I don't want to get preachy. Because they, <laughs> they're already thinking I'm going to do that. And if they know you're a tongue talker, they're scared to death. So don't, don't overdo that. And so you, sometimes they'll say, no, you're not going to talk in tongues, right? And then I said, probably not. I'm really, I'm very unlikely I will. I, let's get an agreement here. If I talk in tongues, I'll warn you. I'll give you like a five-second uh, lead. I'll go, I'll do like that. And then they'll laugh. And then we're over that because I know good and well I'm not going to. I said, but I want to promise you that if it happens and the Lord comes out and I begin to speak in tongues, you'll be comfortable. I'll, I'll, I'll do my very best to be sure you're comfortable. And you'll be able to feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thinking of a Bible study I taught one time when they were all had these cigars the size of 
loaves of bread, folks. I'm talking, I don't know where they got these things. And, and I, I couldn't, I cannot, I was raised, my folks smoked. I mean, I mean, they smoked. But, but I, I've been away from it for years. And I walked into this Bible study and they said, can we, do you mind if we drink, Pat or Everett? I said, well, it's your home. You do whatever you normally do. Well, we normally drink. And so I said, would you like one? And they put a beer right in front of me. I said, no, thank you. I'm not. Well, we got, don't, no way, Maxie, no way, him. Some of that, uh, uh, that, other, that sody. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't need any sody. I'm fine. And uh, uh, I said, I, I'm not, I've already had, you know, y'all go ahead. And they, man, they had that beer out there and, and, uh, they, and, and they were smoking these things. Now, cigarettes, I'd been around cigarettes. But I'd never been around a room full of, of cigars. I mean, it was the smokingest room you ever saw in your life. And I got to teaching, and I thought, boy, this is going to be chaos. I, I'm, tell you, I'm telling this for a reason. I f- can't believe I'm thinking of this. And... As I, we were at the kitchen table, which is my preference, and I always say, if, if you could, let's do always do it at the kitchen table, but it's not always possible. And so we were at the kitchen table, and the window was open, and uh, it was getting dark, and it was getting darker and darker. And, uh, and I began to talk about, we were right at that point where uh, 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 Moses, and we were talking about how God was, the Spirit of God was moving on that water, and I, I began to feel the Holy Ghost. And I got to, you know, and I, I, I smoke everywhere. I could barely even see them. Probably why I was so bold. I couldn't even see them. Are you, are you over there? And uh, yeah, we're here. We're over here. And, 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 and all of a sudden, as we begin to talk about Moses, and, and I would say it again, I'd say Moses, and, and Moses had taken him out of the, the bulrushes, and God had brought him before Pharaoh, and they thought they were going to stop. I was getting, I mean, it was like the Holy Ghost was in that kitchen. And I realized I was getting very, very kind of emotional and tears I was getting tears and I was really feeling it and I was trying to stop myself I was trying to think how I could just sort of come real slow and and I said and do any of you feel what I feel and that man took that cigar and he mushed it down in that little tin thing he had he said yes I feel I said, well, that's what I've been talking about. It doesn't matter who you are. When God loves you, he's going to talk to you. And he's talking to us right now. I said, do any of you think he's talking to us? And everybody, there was a mom and there were some little kids. And they were all in there. And I forget one of the relatives. And I said, I, said, I think what we ought to do right now is we ought to bow our heads I hadn't done it the whole lesson. I said, no, in any one of the lessons. And I said, I think we ought to just pray and ask God to help us to understand what he's trying to do in us. How many believes that God can touch anybody anywhere? He can touch your loved ones. He can touch your neighbors if you trust him. Could we just lift our hands and thank him together? Father, right now, I magnify your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. And so it's very, very simple as well that the New Testament is divided into five sections. Acts, of course, 
is, uh, I just call it the Acts section, but not, most people call it the history. It's the history of the church. So you have the Gospels, the Acts, and then two sets of epistles. You have Paul's epistles and then the general epistles, and then you have one book of prophecy. And, I, and so everybody say, praise the Lord. Okay, so here we go. Let's keep going. Give me a few more minutes. We're going to keep going. So what I, here's how I, uh, I'm not teaching a whole Bible study in one lesson, obviously. I'm just showing you the way we need to emphasize the word of God. So are we, are we good? We're going to the next one. All right, so I, I begin here. Of course, I follow the Bible study and I teach the whole Old Testament. And I go as fast as I can. But, of course, you're going to begin in Genesis 1. You start reading. And don't be afraid to bring into your discussion of one book everything that it has to say about the power of God and about Jesus himself. How many knows that we can't be ashamed of Jesus? We can't be ashamed of Jesus. And we can't be ashamed of the fact that someone might have been raised and believed something different. It, hey, folks, it's all right for people to believe something different. They're going to believe what they believe. And it's all right for us to preach what we know the Bible says. Amen. How many knows we need to preach the Bible? If people like it or not, you still have to preach the Bible. You don't try to offend anybody, but you still have to preach the Bible. And so for, uh, so it is that the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. How many knows he created Adam and Eve? All right? He created Adam and Eve and all of that. But then we find in Colossians 1 that the God that created the world was Jesus. And so you begin talking. So from the very beginning, you bring in that Jesus is the center, even though he wasn't born until Bethlehem. How many are thankful that you've got a God that was able to reach 4,000 years ahead? Praise God. So he is the image of the invisible God. That's who Jesus is. Jesus was the image. Image means that which strikes the eye. So when you, you can't see God, but when you, and so I start right there. Jesus was a man, but he was also God. And there's only one God. I start right at the very beginning. Same God, one God. The image of the invisible God, the first one of every creature. For what? Let's read it. For what? By him were all. <laughs> okay, let's say it again. For by him were all things created and someone might say well i thought that there was well well it says here jesus did everything was created by him and they start right with it now you say is that scripture in the no that scripture is not on my chart but i put it on there because i want to teach them about it i want them to know from the very beginning that jesus is god in fact let's go back go are you still there okay so uh and uh, oh wait 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 i'm going the wrong way don't get nervous. We're going to make it. All right. John 1 and 1. So, of course, I put that scripture there. So they'll ask me and I'll say, does anybody know anything about John 1 and 1? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Just like my word is with me. But nobody would ever think the word was another me. The word was with God. And the word what? Was God. So then you go to verse 14 and you keep going. The word was what? Made flesh God's word that was invisible he said let there be light and then he said I want my word my creative power I want the glory of God to be seen in the face of man and he became a man start off with it and from the very beginning and then you keep going you go through all the books of the old testament now let's look at the old testament history now look here everybody say praise the lord now please uh stay with me here just a few but don't 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 uh don't worry about the time. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I want you to look at this chart just for a moment. This is from the Bible study. This is my favorite Bible study. Notice at the top, the entire history of the Old Testament is there in five steps. 
You say, what are you doing? Well, I made it five steps so that we could think in terms of fives. So people could easily remember it. So we go from Abraham to Jacob to Moses to David to the exile. You've covered the entire Old Testament. That's 39 books. Well, when did all these prophets? Well, the, those prophets were over here. We'll get to those in a minute. And uh, let's, but let's begin with Genesis. And let's talk about Noah. And I always go all the way through Noah. Don't, don't, I don't skip it. I talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. God destroyed them because they were evil. And then I go to Noah, Noah's day. And I talk about, uh, you know, I talk about uh, the finding the bones in the earth and all the things that, that God was, that God did through Noah in uh, saving his family and so forth. And then, of course, on and on until you get to the nation of Israel. But, of course, all of that is being said. Of course, I'm simplifying it here because I'm talking about what's important in the Bible study. You, you wouldn't cover the whole Old Testament by just saying there's five things in the Old Testament. That's a lot of study. But I'm doing it tonight because I want to move to something else. So you have Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, and the exile. But the whole point, all that what took place in that is that God intervened in man's history. So what, am, what are we demonstrating to people when we talk like that? That God loved them. He loved them. He didn't, he, you weren't even born and he loved you. So you've already, entered, you've already introduced one of the most important things you can talk about in a lesson. That it's not about what you know, but it's the God that you know. That God loves you. I believe God loves everybody tonight. Listen, let me tell you something else. He loves them even if they reject him. How many believe that? He loves them, even if they're full of sin. He still loves them. And some people, some, I'm going to tell you what I believe. Oh, hallelujah. I believe if we're teaching the word of God in people's homes, we will learn as much as any one of them. We will learn about love. We will learn about the Holy Ghost. We will learn about the power of God. We'll learn about conviction. We'll learn about the Bible because the teacher learns more than any student. I can tell you that right now. So, look at 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, can we say this together? And without controversy, great is, right over here, the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So the God of the Old Testament who was invisible finally became visible. Now let's go to the next uh, overlay. And then... Uh, let's add this to our look of the, the general theme. The things that you're trying to say in the Old Testament is basically to show them Jesus. How many recognize this picture? It's a picture of the tabernacle. And the tabernacle is representative of Jesus and the salvation that he brought. And for example, at the very beginning, I, I was looking for my pointer, but I, uh, I let me see if I can get it to go. No, no, no. Um, right so at the very beginning uh, over here you have the see the fire that's the that's the altar and so you able to show that from the Old Testament to the new that God is still the same he may have had an Old Testament plan but it doesn't mean that God has changed how many of the gods never changed <laughs> hallelujah and then of course they walked up to the labor where they washed and you're, you're able to begin to introduce to them how jesus uh brought to us the plan of salvation so it is that he died for our sins and so we must uh, come to the altar of repentance 
and uh, and then of course in the very end at the tent at the very back you go in there was the the furniture of the tabernacle two two areas but the one I'm referring to now is the holy place and so it is you can you can begin to then talk about how the spirit of God is able to change their lives and how God intended all along to fill them with his spirit everybody say praise the Lord you know God spent a lot of time getting ready for this Jesus is getting us ready. Now let's go to the next one. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up now. Just a few more things. And that is three priority themes of the New Testament. Now we're going to go to the next one here. The number one. Here we go. Just three. Everybody say three. All right. Here's number one. You begin with, we're talking about priority themes. So whatever you're teaching, I may be teaching the epistles. I may be teaching the book of Acts. And, and my favorite, you know, let me tell you the question because we're almost done. Everybody say praise the Lord. No, don't say praise the Lord to that. I'm just kidding. Um. You can say praise the Lord. Um, I want you to really praise the Lord, not praise him because I'm almost done. Um, but here's the question that I always get. This is the number one question that I get when I start a Bible study. Well, there's, there's a couple, but this is the main one. Are we going to study the book of Revelation? That's the question I always get. And sometimes I get this. Can we start with the book of Revelation? And I don't say, oh, how stupid. Why would you want to start there? That's the end of the... I say, man, that is a great question. But that happens to be the very last book. And then what do I do? I start talking about the book of Revelation and how it began all the way back in Genesis. The beginning and the end. He's the beginning... And the end. Hallelujah. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost here? God's able to save our families. Praise God. So what we're doing here, no matter what we're teaching, there are three themes that we have to bring up. And then we want to conclude with this tonight. Number one is that the church is supposed to be powerful. That there is a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost that God intended for everyone. And you're not ashamed of it. If they want to don't be ashamed that God heals. Don't be ashamed that you speak in tongues. Don't be ashamed that God can heal. Praise God. Talk about healing. Tell them about healing. Praise God. And then they'll start saying, well, you know, I've got this thing. I need God's help with this. Let's pray right now. Let's just pray right now. Hallelujah. What begins to happen is what the devil been doing all along is just making evil seem so common. You start making the Holy Ghost common. You're talking right there as they're smoking their cigars. You start talking about the Holy Ghost and that God is able. And things begin to change in their minds and their hearts. And if nothing else, they begin to think, wow. I was teaching a Bible study to a family one time that I couldn't even get them to barely get open their Bible. And I went home one night and I told Sister French, I said, I can't even get these people don't care about the Bible. I don't know why I'm wasting my time. And one night I went up and knocked on the door and the lights were all on. I was supposed to be teaching. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you. Uh, and I got up on the, it had to be a real tall porch of a thing, and I got up there, and the light, I mean, it was just like Christmas. It was so bright. And I went like that, and all the lights went out. In and out. And something said to me, they don't want to have a Bible study. <laughs> and I thought to myself, encourage yourself in the Lord. So I started pounding on the door. I knew they were there. I knew they were right around, right at, the, I knew they were right there. 
Now you say, that's not nice. No, it wasn't nice. And the door opened, the porch light came on, and they said, oh, oh, pastor. Oh, we forgot about it. And they were doing this and that. I said, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disturb you, but um, I just wanted you to know I was here and that we're praying and, and uh, we'll be back. Well, that was my last, that was my last time to go there. They never, ever had any hunger whatsoever. But their neighbor, they said to me before I got off that porch, if I had left that porch, you know, our neighbor right over there, he wants to know if he could join us in our Bible study. I said, well, no, I, I, I would... Would you tell him for me that I will teach him a Bible study in his home? You don't, we, he doesn't have to come over here. It might be easier because it might be too many people because there was a pretty good crowd over there. Well, that's the home of the family that I just talked about that became the head of home Bible studies. Because when I walked across the street and I thought, oh, I hope these people aren't as unconcerned. I didn't... I didn't uh, I, you know, I knocked on the door, and, and uh, I knew they were awake, so that didn't offend anybody. I didn't wake anybody up. They were having Christmas. But when the lights went out, I thought, well, I'm gonna, I, I, need, I need a moment. I need to say something to them. And it was in those few moments, and, the, and I was just as kind as I could be, that I was introduced to a brand-new family. Aren't you thankful that God knows how to reach the heart? He knows who they are. He knows how to talk to their hearts. So the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives and in our churches so that you begin to introduce. And one thing I do, I wouldn't advise you to do it, but I always tell people I will not ask you to church. I'm not here to get you to come to church. I'm here to teach you the Bible. That's it. And I've had plenty of people would say, well, I'm not coming to church. And I'd say, well, I'm not asking you to church. I'm here to teach the Bible. But when the Holy Ghost begins to move, and you never know when suddenly something will come up in the midst of that, of that time that you know them, and then that maybe someone gets really ill, and you begin to talk to them, well, I'm going to pray. Let's, come on, let's pray right now. And maybe the phone will ring and say, you know, I, I t- how many knows God's a healer? Hallelujah. And all of a sudden they realize this is a mighty God we're talking about. They see God in a whole new light. Number two, all right? Number two, the third theme that that is to be covered throughout the Old Testament, is that when you get the power of God in your life, that then holiness manifests itself in you in a very, very powerful way. That holiness is a natural consequence, not something we're ashamed of. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of holiness. I walk with God, and I want them to see that everything that happens, that you, when you become a child of God, your life is going to change. You're not only going to be healed, but you're going to be delivered from things you never thought. Number three, here we go, and let's stand. This is the third theme that you're going to teach throughout the New Testament, and that is they need to get ready for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. Does anybody believe Jesus is coming soon? Could you lift your hands with me right now, and let's ask God to help us to win as many people as we can. Father, right now, 
Lord, over the next few months, I pray that new Bible studies will come. Pray that hearts will be open. I pray that we'll be able to share with others that Jesus is coming soon. Lord, help us to teach the word, love the word, study the word. And, oh, Lord, let revival come to Apostolic Tabernacle like never before. And we'll give you praise. Can we just clap our hands and give God a little bit of praise? Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Brother French, come on. Now, Brother French is going to be helping me with this series, and he's going to be teaching on uh, aspects of how to get a Bible study and ways to improve your abilities to get Bible study. I want him to come and pray that God will help us to be soul winners and dismiss us in prayer. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads, Brother French. Uh, talk to us and pray for us. How many will ask the Lord to give you a burden for the loss this year? And I know that sometimes it's intimidating when you think about it, but I'd like us to pray that the Lord would give us courage. Could we do that right now? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we would have an urgency of the hour, God. I pray that you'd talk to us, minister to us, Lord. Give us courage. Give us boldness, I pray. Give us anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you for every person in this room. I pray you'd bless them, keep them, bring them back this weekend safely. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. 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 God bless you. Shake someone's hand and be friendly. You're dismissed.